Everybody has to take a real deep breath. Peter, are you taking a deep breath? I am taking a deep breath. <sighs> Can you feel the winds of change? Can you feel the winds of change coming? Welcome to Weekend at Effie's. Uh, I've been putting off saying something for a little while, and I'm just going to say it. Uh, I've been moving all day, and we're good. Everything's fine. Do not contact uh, my partner. Uh, me and Peter are moving in together. AJ got his own place. We're a mile apart. It's fine. I'm gone four days a week anyway, and I think it's going to be a creative refresher. I think we're going to be good. This is as much as I'm going to talk about it in this sense, and... Uh, there's a lot going on that we have to get to. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us on this journey. This is the last time we will be recording, I think, in this very room. Yeah. And I know that I'm in and out of town a lot. It's Pride Month. We're going to get to that. I'm very booked and busy. And I can't even tell you, like, I, you know what it is, but I can't even get into the, the booking that I took on yeah. Thursday. But I just want to hint at the fact that I'm going in with a mission. And the mission... I think you can guess what the mission is. And I have a feeling through positive direction that uh, somehow our GLAAD award-winning show will get renewed. I have a feeling. Yeah, look, if there's an ambassador that can get shit done, I do think it is as I'm not. Is. I'm not saying as I flex my arms now. I keep joking that I can do, I like, oh, y'all better watch out. I did 10 push-ups. Let me be clear. I'm not smoking weed. I'm on zero drugs. I am at the gym every freaking day. I look phenomenal, and I'm going to keep looking even better. I am a summer boy, and we are entering into my Christ year. We are entering into Gemini season. And listen, I'm not going to hesitate to brag on myself. I'm about to have a sick fucking month of moments and magic. I've been real in my bag about how good I am at wrestling now, and now there's no, there's nothing, uh, there's not a governor on this truck. You know what a governor is? It's to keep you from going over the speed limit. It is limit, to keep right? you going over the speed limit. We used to have them on all our trucks. A gavna. And I worked really hard this time moving. We helped each other move today. Everything is good, like I said. But I have a real PTSD when it comes to moving. And you may say, well, yeah, you ran a moving company. Let me be perfectly clear. All right. From the moment I was 16 years old, I was hopping onto 18 wheelers. I was getting paid cash. I was unloading and loading. You know where I spent my 17th birthday, Peter? Where? I woke up at four in the morning to get on a trucker's truck who had a handlebar mustache and kept telling me I was pretty. Nothing happened. Okay. I was too young and I knew better. Rode down to Charleston, a four hour drive from Greenville, unloaded a 52 foot truck in the sun with a guy who could catch a butterfly on his hand named Mike, who after the, we unloaded the truck, chugged two tall boys of beer threw up everywhere, and then got back in the truck. He ended up getting fired because he climbed on top of a giant forklift and tried to jump into a dumpster and fell off and hurt himself. And they were like, it was a sketchy time. What I'm saying is 16, 17, 18, until I went to college. And then there were only two summers in college where I was doing tour stuff or doing other stuff and working for Hootie and the Blowfish, stuff like that, where I was not working and moving. And once I graduated from college, I became an operations manager and then a general manager for a moving company. Let me be clear. There are very, very few people who have been in and moved more houses than me over that period, whether it be doing estimates, whether it be going out to jobs, whether it be actually physically moving people. And in the last, let me just count here. What year is it? 2023? Yeah. So 2023, let's go back to, me and AJ moved in together in 2016, 15, 14, 13, 
So go back to, I'm pretty sure I've moved every single year since 2008. Yeesh. Personally moved every single year since 2008. It was not the plan once we got up here. We had to get out of Tallahassee. There was a period in Tallahassee, I'm wrong, where I stayed in a place for two years. And I moved out of it, moved into another place. Uh, I hate moving so much. But I also realize, if you read my chart, Peter, if you want to go down that path, as a Gemini for who I am, I will always be moving my whole life. And, and in a traveling capacity, I'm constantly on the move. I can never really sit down that long. So there's just this, uh, there's a certain, I don't want to fucking move shit, even though I know I'm good at it. I know I can get it done. I know what's, what's to become of me. But I get the shivers sometimes when I think about that moment when you're coming down the third floor with the 50th piece of shit that you have to sweat through and carry and communicate when it's just not fun. And we made it through this day with no arguments, with no problems, with magic. I still got to go pick up a few little things. But as far as it goes, one of the easier moves, and I just, I said, you know what? If I think about it being bad, it's going to be worse. And I think we're on the right path. I think we're good. Uh, and I'm very excited to see where we go. Now, we were discussing here, Weekend at Effie's, me and Peter. This is going to present a lot more uh, creative flow. This is going to present a lot more ideas that we can work with. I think we're going to be overhauling the Patreon completely. Mm-hmm. We appreciate you guys for sticking with us in a time where, in the past few years, it has been very hectic. And I feel, you know, I'm not, I'm not ever going to disparage cannabis, Peter. But I will say, I wish the government hadn't had to step in, but it has been very pleasant seeing how productive and how focused and how good I am without the use of cannabis. But I will also say, turns out that shit is great for pain management because I have been physically fucking sore since I stopped smoking weed. Damn. And I'm learning ways to handle the pain. I'm getting back into yoga. I'm getting back into stretching. I'm getting back into drinking a lot of water, taking care of myself. I, y'all are not ready for the Effie that is now settled in to a house built in 1916 next to the former Union Hospital built in 1880. I have reverted, as I told you, Peter, into Weird Summer Boy, which is the car's AC doesn't work, okay? The house is very old. The neighborhood is hippie as fuck. And I am feeling free and wild and loose and crazy. And my brain is unhinged. Now, I want to say this about the month of May. This will come out for the regular public, this episode, in Pride Month. I want to say about the month of May, never in my physical human life have I ever spent more money between lawyers, between moving, between deposits, between my car needing to get fixed. Have you ever spent $2,000 on a 2007 Buick Lucerne because the steering and transmission was bad? She goes, I don't know if the car is worth this. And I go, baby, I don't got a choice. And guess what? It flows through me like water. I'm not disassociated from anything, but I will not let anything affect me because I see where the future goes for us. I see where this is headed. I see where everything is headed. And there will be much joy, much excitement, much success. I'm hitting my stride. I feel phenomenal. Uh, I was worried I twisted my knee this weekend. We'll get to it. But I also did my stretches and I got my body right and I took care of it. And then I moved two households today to make sure that we were good to go. Uh, May has not been the most fun I've ever had. I'm glad I've learned from it. I'm glad I've been able to look at myself and uh, be in control of myself completely. And 
I have been wrestling like a madman, which is, it seems like a little asterisk in the grand scheme of life, but to know that I was as good as I was, while also pretty fucking stoned and a little worried about things and kind of uh, without a perfect direction, to see where I am now, buckle the fuck up. Let's get ready, because we are about to have a good time. I feel like we're going to open each other's minds even more. Uh, that beautiful garden when you pull into our house. It's magical. There's lavender and, and lilies, and they were out there today just plucking through the garden, and then, you know, I'm not doxing anyone, but they all sat out in the garden and did their work on their laptops because they figured out how to work remote, and the kid was out there shooting basketball, and it was just like, it just felt like Americana in the weirdest way, and a different part of Atlanta than I've really lived and settled in before i've never lived there either i didn't I was we to i'm not gonna dox us well i'm sure they'll figure it out eventually but i think this is the right part of town for us yeah. to be in and it's also i think back to the first few times i came to atlanta going to shows and stuff and it was always like what is this magical place mm-hmm. uh we're near little five points i'm not gonna beat yeah. around the bush it's fun it's hippie it's cool we, uh, we're moving from like the yuppie area into the hippie and area. it wasn't that yuppie not that long ago mm. but you know, when I was pulling out of my driveway the other day to go to court, I didn't even bring this up. And I'm, you know, I think we should do much better in protecting our houseless uh, and the people who are out, outdoors. But also, there was a man laying in the in the driveway with his wiener out, screaming at four in the morning. And I think it's okay that we move out of that area. And it wasn't the first time I've seen him. So I didn't tell AJ right away, but he kind of, I said, Hey, just stay inside. And he was like, for what? And I was like, there's a, you know, he just got his wiener out here and it's just, I don't know. I'd wait a little while. And he did not like hearing that, but he did stay inside. Um, some nights I've come home in this area and I don't blame him. And the door has been a little barricaded because it's just, it's kind of unhinged sometimes and not, you know, not all the time. I'm not, I'm not pushing a fear agenda, but it does seem like we're in a little bit of a calmer, sweeter neighborhood. Yeah. And we'll see. I don't know. The girl told me someone stole a trash can one time. So you don't know what what's going on. But I feel the energies are a little different in that zone. Uh, needless to say, June. It comes very soon. My birthday is next week. Now, Peter, you may remember, and we, I think we've talked about this before. I don't usually celebrate my birthday personally. But I realized a few years ago that having stress over other people celebrating my birthday because I didn't. I'm a person who's like, you should celebrate accomplishments you do and not just time passing, which is really, it's stupid. It's stupid to think in that way. But as I have embraced other people celebrating my birthday, it is just a fun day for us to reflect on how fucking cool I am, how fucking awesome I am. And I'll tell you this. I thought when I was 25, 26, 27, that it's all downhill from here because my body was hurting I wasn't taking care of myself. I was working not 40 hours a week, roughly 60 hours a week, where some nights I'd be driving back and forth to shows to work 7 a.m. on a Saturday to then drive to a show. I feel so fucking good right now, 32, a week left, that I think only good things are ahead. And, you know, in the words of Dark Sheik, Effie, you're immortal. And I don't know if that's going to hold up forever, but I do feel, in a sense, uh, very in tune with my body, which I'm sure comes with age, but a lot of people, they don't have the uh, necessity of keeping care of their body the way I do. And I'm glad I have. And now I feel even more open, you know, no smoking, vibing, feeling the sunshine, sweating through. And like I said, I've been doing push ups, if you can't tell, Peter. And I think both of us are going to have a wonderful 
change, a wonderful distance from the, the worries that we've had recently. And I think this will feel like a distant dream the past year, which has been very difficult, I think, for everyone. Yeah, yeah. I, I, there's some things that are kind of tying themselves together in my brain, little bows that are getting wrapped mm. up. And I think this house is a part of that. And, and this house is definitely haunted. I don't oh, know what's in there yet, but I don't, I don't know who's been through an unhaunted house. Well, it's as AJ told me, he goes, I wouldn't live here, but this place has character. And that's what you like. That is the best thing to me about Atlanta, though, is we have all these interesting houses with like weird little fireplaces. Yeah. And, you know, those weird like, little closets. Yeah, exactly. And, and windows made of antique glass mm-hmm. where you can see the waviness of the handmade glass. Uh, I'm hoping we can get that bird feeder because I really think. You know, Bebop might be a little loud about it, but I think it'll be for the best. Now, I've heard if we don't want rats up in there, we got to put cayenne pepper. But part of me is thinking, I don't mind rats, chipmunks, squirrels, but I would like to make friends with some crows. I'll take a chipmunk. Chipmunk? You're I'll okay with? I'll take a fat squirrel. Fat squirrel? Okay. Rat, I will not take. You don't like a little rat? We, we have, uh, there's a Thai restaurant behind the vape store Yeah. that was in someone's house. It was one guy that, you know, he would He's make good all the food, food and also, you know, check you out at the register. That place shut down. They cleared everything out and like a whole horde of rats apparently left. And now the vape store mysteriously smells like a pet store. Well, think about this. In the film Ratatouille, uh, Remy the Rat actually helps them become a better restaurant. And I'll say this, imagine the rat that you're grossed out by, imagine him in a little cowboy hat, and he's riding around on Lucy, and she's got a little saddle, and they're friends, and he has those little rat hands, and he's playing with her hair, and he's just rubbing her hair, and she loves it, and they're friends, and they they give a little kiss, a little rat kiss. What I'm worried about is a ratigan-type situation. What is this? Uh, Great Mask uh, Detective. Oh, is he like the evil rat like with the mustache? I haven't watched that movie. Oh, yeah. Well, the king rat is a whole different thing where they all like... He tried to kill the queen. Well, a with, king rat is also a, when they all get their tails interacted. The plot right? was to replace the queen with a robot. Yeah, but, you know, that's what's happening now in our society. We might need to rewatch Great Mouse Tear. I think we're going to have a lot more cinema nights. We can hold these mics and sit on the couch and do mm-hmm. some live viewings of cinema that I think will be interesting. I don't know. I've got a lot of ideas. We've got a lot of magic coming. And uh, and I think, you know, I've got to finish Yellow Jacket Season 2, but I'm kind of, you know, hoping, you know, maybe some consensual cannibalism falls in our lap. I'm kidding. I'm kidding, Peter. I just wanted to freak you out before we move in together. They make those bodies look tasty in that show. It is a weird-ass show. I'm not going to get into it right now, but the scenes, there was one scene, and I'm not going to spoil it for anyone in the first season, and everybody's like, oh, we've already seen the first season. It's the funniest thing I've ever seen, okay? And you'll probably know what I'm talking about, but... (laughs) There is nothing funnier than someone telling you what their purpose is and it immediately not going to plan. Yeah. It's hilarious yeah. to me. How was your week, Peter? Not fun? <laughs> it's been rough. You don't have to get detailed, you know. There it's I I feel that um my life in this house apartment, uh the vape store, all of that cuz I'm I'm moving to a new store that's opening up yes. that'll be down the street from us. And it does feel like a big chapter of life is closing, and it's been a little bittersweet. Uh, my man, I had to work with my manager twice this weekend, and he was so incredibly depressed at the fact that I'm leaving. You were not going to be there. And because like his other favorite person is also leaving to go to that new store. 
Sounds like it's going to be a sick store. It's going to be a sick store because <laughs> we basically have two fucking psychopaths working there. So that... we'll be doing official meet and greets up at the uh, yeah. the wild ass vape store, uh, which I like. I'm excited for that, and it'll be really good. But it has the. I do feel like I'm saying goodbye to some things right now. You know what? Sometimes it feels like things are taken from you, but sometimes it feels like you cut a shackle off your leg, yeah. like Bo in the attic. Exactly. We saw Bo again last we week. Did. I want to start there. We haven't even gotten into the week, and I just had to sort of... less sense than it did before I saw it. No, no, no. Time. This time, uh, I had to remind myself when we left that there was more to life than this movie, because <laughs> yeah. it is a perfect film, and it had me thinking even more about things. I almost once saw it a fourth time. I'm into going to see it a fourth time, and it looks like Plaza's actually showing it. Um, still, yeah. and they're showing Lebowski in 35 millimeter, oh, which is now within walking distance. I don't know. I'm very excited about the plaza. And for some reason in my head, and you can tell me I'm wrong about this. I keep seeing us doing a live event there. Not, not very soon, but I think it's going to happen. And I think it's something that we should, I'm friends with some of those people. I think we should ask questions. And I think, you know, one time I saw Colt Cabana and Marty DeRosa in new Orleans doing a live viewing of no holds barred. Have you ever seen this film with no. Hulk Hogan? Where he fights uh, Tiny Lister from Friday. You remember Debo from Friday? Yeah. He plays the villain in this movie. What's against, this called? This is called No Holds Barred. It's one of the greatest wrestling films ever made. And now we're going to have to watch it together because there is, it makes no fucking sense. It's ridiculous. And it's just a phenomenal way of looking at wrestling where you could just tell. Hulk Hogan can't read. Yeah. Because just he's just making shit up as he goes. All right, bud, that's fine. We'll do the scene. Or what's my motivation? I don't know. It's I think it's worth watching because it's so bad. I don't know. I see this in our future. As you can tell, I feel very open to a lot of new things. I feel very excited creatively. I'm back in my flow. Um, I can tell that I'm more open to new things because I'm listening to old killer songs that used to make me mad. Like uh, the album Day and Age. I told you on the way here, I said, I really hated this album. And then I explained why. And the only reason I can come up with why I hated this album was because of the lyrics. There was an open chair. I sat down in the open chair. And I threw the whole album out because I said, you lazy fucking pig. Yeah. How dare you yeah. record to a major label this album after Samstown, after Hot Fuss, you piece of shit recording there was an open chair. I sat down in the open chair and then that Mormon video came out. There was three minutes of him talking about how great his life is. And he's like, well, that's why I'm a Mormon. And I was like, for a hot minute, I was real pissed. But now I might become a Mormon. I, I'm the same. If you write a bad lyric or a lyric that rubs me the wrong way, you're or it's just a lazy lyric. It's yeah, not yeah, even like, yeah, yeah. like if you're just dumb and that's the best you can do. No, lazy. lazy but it's is like, the perfect I, I felt like I could it. see him in the studio being like, there was an open chair. And then he like winks at everybody. He's like, I sat down in, and they're like, is he going to say it? The open chair. And they're like, no, you're going to keep that? And he's like, I'm going to fucking keep it. Yeah. I'm keeping it in, because fuck him. It's also the same album where he says, are we human or are we dancer? And they go, do you mean denser? And he goes, no, it's dancer. And they go, but it makes more sense if it's, are we human or are we denser? And he goes, are we human or are we dancer? Okay? That's what I fucking said. And they're like, that doesn't even grammatically make sense. And he goes, are you questioning Mormon Jesus? Because I don't think you should. I'm a Mor and that's why I'm a Mormon. We're do we're remaking that video, but it's me holding the Dianetics book going, and that's why I'm a Scientologist. I don't know. I feel like it's a fun prank. I don't want to go all the way of the Larry uh Larry David wearing the MAGA hat to make people not talk oh, to you. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I do like the idea of like 
well, have you heard about Scientology? Have you read Dianetics? Because I do keep a copy in the house for that exact reason. It would like, be it would be really funny everywhere you go, like as you're getting settled in, you just slap Dianetics down. Yeah. <laughs> I got to do some reading in here, pal. Getting into the good stuff. Maybe that's how you deal with getting people talking to you at the gym. <laughs> I have been recognized multiple times at the gym by different people over the last few weeks. I just want to say it doesn't bother me that much. Let's but get you some L. Ron Hubbard merch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's just uh, let's lean in. Sea Org, where's Shelly Miscavige? I'll never tell. <laughs> I remember going by that building though and seeing how just like it looks beautiful and blue and wild. And then you look at the real, like you kind of see through the windows and you're like, there's no furniture or air conditioning in any of these rooms. This is a torture place. And then they're all picking up trash out of the street. And there's a jazz cafe, which I ate lunch at one time, the Scientology Building Jazz Cafe. And I was almost coerced into going in. I knew I could not. I knew I would never escape. Uh, and that was $200,000 ago. And I'm asking you guys to please. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Don't, don't listen to Scientology. Let's get into this weekend, though. Let's do it. I only did... One day in Vegas. This is the third time this year. It is May. This is my third time in Vegas this year, and my third time where I've been there for 24 hours or less. Can you believe it? And I've learned that I am not more powerful than Vegas, okay? I've been going there since I was 17 with a fake ID. And back in the day, they barely would check your ID. And I had a fake when I was 17 when I went there. And I talked to one of my friends, well, two of my friends, because I was sent, if you saw that photo uh, of me playing a guitar at the age of, mm -hmm. you know, 18, 19, uh, one of my friends that went to Vegas with me the first time sent me that. And we were reminiscing. And she said, do you remember when Robert uh, forgot he was on pain meds and almost choked to death at the Emerald Lagasse restaurant eating banana cream pie and it came right back to me, my friend. Yes, I do remember because we were all, you know, his parents took us out to Emerald's restaurant and they're wonderful. Um, and we're all going, oh my God, oh my God. And he's just looking at us and nobody remembered he had his wisdom teeth taken out. And so he was on pain pills because of that. And he was looking at us choking on the banana cream pie and had to go lay down. So me and Tori actually just explored the strip together alone. Uh, she's now a mother and it's the coolest thing ever. And her baby is very tall because her husband is very tall. And it's like, it's just so cool to see. Like, I don't necessarily want any babies of my own, but like, I'm happy to be a gunkle to as many kids as you want. But just know this, we're going to do go-karts and we're going to drink Mountain Dew and there's nothing you can fucking do about it. But I'm bringing that kid back when it's time because I can only do like six hours at a time being around anyone under the age of 18 before I'm like, hey man, are you fucking stupid or are you just fucking with me? And they're like, you can't teach kids that. And I'm like, somebody's going to fucking teach the kids that, okay? You know, you know what happens when you try to shield your kids from learning things? They fucking Google it because all the kids have iPhones. Yeah. Or, you ready for this? This is the best part. Or you can shield your kids from things so that they cut you off as soon as possible. I hope you can afford a retirement home, you dumb idiots. It just makes me think of um, Danny McBride really screwing up that sex talk with his kid when <sighs> he just starts leaving the, uh, the stained underwears all around everywhere. You got to go talk to him. You got to talk to him. You've really been in this righteous gym yeah, zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody explained to me that the reason his shows are even funnier than they could be is because you can tell everyone is having fun making them. Yes. You, did you watch Vice Principals? Yes. Okay. Also, a fantastic role by uh, Walton Goggins in oh there. Oh, my God. Pastor Uncle Baby Billy is... I cannot wait for the new season to come out of Righteous Gemstones. And Judy. Judy is Judy. my favorite. Judy's incredible. <laughs> She's so good. Um, it is... Being the grandson of two Methodist and Baptist pastors... 
it hits on a, an even better level, and I know it hits with you mm-hmm. because you are my little African I've, missionary. I've been to every mega church in the fucking country. Yes, you have. Uh, and did you ever have to play a musical instrument or something? Uh, no, because we had slideshows, and so that kind of takes care of the media aspect of things. One time when I was in the youth group at a Presbyterian church, no one in my family is Presbyterian, so that was my way of rebelling, was being like, well, I'm going to be a Presbyterian, you want to be Methodist and Baptist? And this girl came in, and I remember she just played the harp like a motherfucker, like just incredible, and I wanted to even give him money. And now I'm wondering, like, where's that harp girl now? Is she playing harp for Satan? Because that would be awesome to find out that the angelic harp player's like, uh, this one's by Disturbed. I did my own uh, transcription of the m- music, and I'm going to play it for you now. And it's just beauty and subtlety and magic. I wanted to give that harp girl money. You know, There's always one harp girl, and they're always incredible with that harp. But they always got the longest dress on you've ever seen. Sometimes yeah. the dress is so long, it goes to the church van just to make sure she can't actually uh, even pee or, or risk a breeze going up mm-hmm. there to let her know that there's anything other to life than playing this harp. I tried to date the harp girl, but uh, mm. wasn't wasn't dating until you know marriage, I guess. <laughs> yeah, you gotta. You guys can't kiss until it's legal, okay? All right, so just everybody take a breath. Look, my dad made it up until getting engaged before his first kiss. I almost just said something really offensive, and I'm not gonna say it here. Happy Pride Month. We're gonna be better than that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Peter. That was inappropriate. No, it's very that's... inappropriate of me. Uh, we are dropping for Wrestling is Gay some Pride merch this Thursday on mm. June 1st. But what also drops June 1st is something that I think is going to be an integral part of, of the Effie media that we look back on. And when I sort like I almost got some flashbacks, I filmed The Life of, which is premiering on Indie Wrestling, IWTV, tomorrow at midnight as it hits June 1st. And folks, I am urging you to watch it, not because it's good content. You're going to watch it and be like, give this motherfucker a, a whatever award. We already won a GLAAD award. Grammys are out because they're bribery-based. So the G in my EGOT is going to be the GLAAD award. Okay? This comes out, and it is filmed as such. Three weeks of me not doing any wrestling at all. Three weeks of me going to the sickest fucking most awesome sold-out shows ever. And then, throughout... The narration is done with a full hour of me losing my fucking mind on the roof, bitching about where wrestling stands today. And I think about where I stand right now, and I go, I'm so glad I got that out of my system then, because I am not that person right now. In a sense, like, there was joy, there was sadness. You can tell I'm just, like, not all the way pumped about things. And there's a lot of joy in there. I think you will cry. I think there's stuff that will throw you off guard. I think there's a lot of joy. I think it's hilarious. But I also think there's no one else in the world right now who could put out this specific piece of media. And I just want to tell everyone, the IWTV staff, John Filipovich, they had to go through five full days of footage to make it down to two hours and 20 minutes. So good luck to you enjoying all of this. But understand there's a, there's a lot going on. And I hope that it transpires. He said to me, he goes, uh, this has been so much work, but I got to tell you, it's a lot harder to uh, pull more out of someone when they don't have enough footage there than it is to try to get this down when you've given us a specific narrative at the end. So I'm very excited. I hope you watch it. I am paid by The View. Please sign up for IWTV and watch this at least. I want it to be the most watched life of ever done. They message me and they go, we've never had this many people watch the preview. And I go, you've never had Effie, motherfucker. 
Okay. I'm sorry. I'm not going to fucking tuck my tail anymore. Uh, there are a lot of you fucking former WWE TV wrestlers as seen on so-and-so that can't draw tickets and should be happy I'm on the show because otherwise people wouldn't be there. I'm going to leave it at that. I went to Las Vegas, Peter. I left on Friday. I got home on Saturday. I landed in Las Vegas at 7 a.m. I took off in Las Vegas at 7 a.m. the next day. What did I accomplish in that time? I wrestled at two different shows, and these were two really insane matches. But before we got there, I picked up a rental car on my rental car on my own accord, and I picked up everyone. So by the time I landed, I got a text that was from uh, Cole Radrick saying, "Hey, the guy who does the GCW Plant podcast, shout out GCW Plant podcast." Uh, please listen to them. They put a lot of work into their podcast discussing a lot of the GCW product, a lot of the shows. I think it's phenomenal. I think it's good to hear insightful analysis over the shows we're actually doing and not just people drunk and screaming, which is also appreciated, but it's nice to see the nuance get caught by someone. Uh, invited us over to do some swimming. Before I did that, I drank a whole Starbucks drink. I picked up Mance Warner. I picked up Sawyer Rec. I picked up Dave Prezak. They would not let us in the hotel. So we all went over to this pool and hung out. Now, everybody else was a little tired, a little this. Me and Mance Warner, we're fired up. We're both, I don't know if you've heard, we're the Sober Gear crew now. Brett tokened it, the Sober Gear crew. Uh, he goes, Sober Gear crew rules. I said, yeah, here's the thing. If we can party and we can be this good, everybody's fucked when we stop partying. Because we're in the gym every day. We're motivated. We're eating ground chicken curry. Okay, well, I made it into a curry, but there's a lot of different dishes. I've been doing a, also a Cuban style with sofrito. Ooh. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cook for you, Peter. I, Did you know I almost went to culinary school? Yes. We don't have to get into that now. Yeah. I'm very good at cooking, uh, and I'm, I like weird shit, so I'm going to open up your flavor portals. Yeah, this is – I've been kind of waiting for this. Let me nourish you. Yeah. I'm a nourisher. This is going to be very good for my mental health to be in a space with another human being and not a dog that lets me live in actual Well, you can have the, the dog too, but it, you know, they're they're all going to get along. It's going to be perfect. Um I'm going to cook for you. So me and Mancer decide, well, damn, we never get to do this. We're in Vegas and it's 80 degrees, 90 degrees. Let's get in the hot tub. So we get in the hot tub and start talking shop uh with our GCW plant podcast friend. And before I know it, I am sunburnt to shit and I don't care because my muscles are nice. I'm relaxed. He bought a steak burritos, steak breakfast burritos. But then I had to go back and pick up more people and go to the airport and figure out the hotels, whatever. I don't care. All that stuff, water off a duck's back. It doesn't bother me. I can't help myself, but going into the managerial mode and figuring that out. Once we picked up Allison and gringo loco though, me, Mance, Allison, and Gringo went over to the Link Hotel and Casino. We took a me, Mance, and Allie, since we were on the same team, SG Bussy, the second gear Bussy. Uh, we did take a Hell's Kitchen picture, but we actually went upstairs and ate at the Hash House. And boy, did we do brunch right. I had a sage fried chicken and waffles. Ooh. Allie had some kind of weird fucking thing. We had lemon blueberry waffles <laughs> as well. You don't know what it was? I don't fucking remember. Uh, Gringo Loco got a pancake that was the size of a table. Mance got something. But we had a blast at the hash house together, just vibing, telling stories. You know, Gringo had been in Mexico. He pulled off one of the coolest moves I've ever seen at the GCW show that night where, and I'll show you a video, but let me just describe this to you. Because he described it to me. He goes, I got an idea. I said, you're out of your fucking gourd, dude. 
He said, I'm going to stack Vikingo and Commander, one on top of the other, and I'm going to be underneath, and then I'm going to spin them around to the front and powerbomb both of them. And I thought he was fucking with me. And then I watched this man put two grown humans on top of him and spin them around, not just drop them, spin them around and powerbomb both of them. Damn. It was one of the most impressive physical things I've ever seen. And the fact that like a GCW show can have that many crazy moments, it is... It's insane to me because Alley Catch was also hit in the face with a suitcase. Holy shit. Which was hilarious. I was like, I'm sorry I'm sharing this, but you Do you look... want water? Yeah, why not? I said, but you look crazy with a suitcase being thrown at your face. And I couldn't really even tell what the spot was because sometimes when I'm hearing about things, and if it doesn't include me and I just need to lay down, I'm not really listening. Sorry, folks. Uh, I know my spots. I know where I need to be. I watched this girl get hit in the face with a suitcase, and it was hilarious. Now, there was another person on this show, and I've been waiting for a long time to do this. He is someone who, in 2015, I smashed my little head into Reseda. I sat next to Andy, a.k.a. The Butcher, former guitarist of Every Time I Die, and Victoria, former WWE diva, known as Tara, known as Victoria, uh, and sat right behind Dave Meltzer, almost spilled his beer on him at one point. And we watched Zack Sabre Jr. win the Battle of Los Angeles. Now, if you've ever sent me money on Venmo, there's a very grainy picture. It is of me and Zack Sabre Jr. in 2015 after he won. This is a cute cup. Me and Zack Sabre Jr. after he won the Battle of Los Angeles. And the first thing I said to him was, we made eye contact the other day in LAX. And he was like, ah, oh. I was like, you looked in a rush. He said, ah, oh. I said, come here, let me show you something. I said, my profile picture on Venmo has been me and you together since 2015. He goes, are you kidding me? I said, I'm not kidding you. This is insane, and I'm very honored to be on the same show as you, but also I'm just going to flirt with you all night. And he was like, all right, well, I might just flirt with you all night. And I said, okay, let's get down to business. We both had great matches, but I got to have the moment where I shared that everyone who sent me money on Venmo since 2015 it's been me and Zack Sabre Jr. together. That's so funny. He looks cute as a blonde. And I just want to say this. Twink to twunk. Uh, he's got the blonde, but he also has a big old juicy booty now. And I'm not saying I was looking. I'm saying for athletic reasons, I think it's good for him. Because he was a real skinny twink. And now he's like a skinny twunk, but also like with some thick power legs. And more power to you, Zack Sabre Jr. I'm not being weird or creepy. I'll take you to Red Lobster if you want, but aren't you vegan? He's vegan. Maybe he started eating something because that thing looks like it is creamed. Dairy. I don't know. Are you vegan still? We'll figure it out. They got casseroles for vegans now. It's not worth it. Um, I did the GCW show. We were victorious. The second gear bussy was victorious. We pinned Jack Cartwheel. And after the match, this was a three-on-three-on-three match, Jack Cartwheel was going the other way, and I said, I'm going to grab this boy. He's very young. He can't rent a car. It's not going to be anything. I grabbed him and pulled him in, and I had a chair in one hand, and I had Jack Cartwheel in the other. He goes, I thought you were going to kiss me. I said, no, no, no. It's not that easy. It looked like I was taking him to the back to punish him, and I'm looking into the camera going, I'm taking this one with me. And it was very aggressive, but in the moment, it was awesome. And I'm not going to kiss somebody without their permission. Uh, although many people give me their permission. If you see me kissing him, there's a reason. Except for... Except for referee perch during the uh, the Tommy Rich Doug Gilbert match, I did take that one, and he told me he goes, "Oh, Effie, it's fine. Don't worry about it." It was in the moment; it was crazy. We're kissing everybody. Uh, 
So thank you for letting me get away with that one. Uh, but normally I do get permission. So after this show, I realize I'm dehydrated as fuck from the, from the hot tub. I am sunburnt, which adds to this. I'm very tired, and I've agreed to do a midnight show because I love Dark Sheik, and Hood Slam was doing a midnight show. Were you aware of who I was fighting at the midnight show? No. <laughs> Dark Sheik decided that day that since I was on probation now, and I can't do drugs, that I would fight the resident bunny, Drugs Bunny, who is <laughs> a cokehead fiend who comes out with a whole bag of cocaine, it's not real. I mean, maybe I'm not going to. I think I have to not kayfabe for my probationary sake because I don't need like a South Georgia officer to be like, you just said you were fighting a bunny with cocaine. It's not real cocaine, folks. I'm sorry to tell you. Uh, maybe I'm lying. Maybe it is. I don't know. I, I feel like the budget for the show would probably the, shoot through the roof. The budget would shoot through the roof because this is a big bag of cocaine. But I got to play the evil dastardly motherfucker who was not going to let Drugs Bunny do any drugs, and I was not going to fall for it. And in the end, what did it cost me? My throat, because he did his uh, Coke Slam on me, which is a choke slam with the... And he did his uh, Coke Line from Hell, which is a clothesline from Hell, as done by JBL, but he pours Coke all down his arm, snorts it all up, and then takes my fucking head off. I was honored to go under, and then I got to join the wonderful Veda Scott on commentary for the rest of the show. So wait, okay, sorry. Even to pull the kayfabe back, pull the kayfabe even back. further. Um, is he actually doing the line, like snorting it? It's a lot. Okay, just, it's sort of a because from just from being a movie obsessed human being, they'll you know actors will talk about like the fake cocaine on set and how it's horrible. Yeah, it, this is this shit is everywhere. It's powdered sugar. I'm not okay. gonna lie. Uh, it does get all of his nose and his face. I was very sticky afterwards, but I'd also agreed because I love dark chic more than anyone. I said, I'll do commentary after my match. Not thinking son, you've been up since three 30 AM. You drove to the airport at three 30 AM to get on your 5 AM flight from Atlanta to Vegas, barely slept on the plane. Late in the hot tub was driving people around all day. You have not had a single break. You wrestled at GCW. You did the merch line. It was like wrestle, merch line. I had to literally be like, I was very, if I was very rude to you in Vegas, I hope you understand. I literally was like, I'm opening the show. I have to leave. Please be quick. I'm sorry you want to tell me a story right now. If you want a picture, get a picture. If you want merch, buy merch. I have to go start the show. And luckily, I got through that first match. I lost to Drugs Money, and I joined Veda Scott on commentary and then did another two hours of commentary in the middle of the night. Veda Scott is so good. She just did the... They they just did the uh, New Japan show, the Strong Show, mm-hmm. with Willow Nightingale and Mercedes Monet. And so to join them on commentary for a ridiculous show... That's... Speedball Mike Bailey's. Yes. They are so cute together. It is. I see those photos on Twitter. Of them waiting for Speedball to get home. Oh, my God. And saying that their mom picked them up. I know. And now Speedball in his summer clothing. And also Speedball kissing El Desperado on the cheek. And then El Desperado being announced for the Tournament of Fucking Survival this weekend. I'm very sorry I won't be at GCW this weekend. But with it being Pride Month and with me not really wanting to do anything death-related... 
Uh, I'm sitting well, with you, TOS I mean, all you this year. You can't fight him if you don't want to be death related because I don't. I mean, everyone gets cut on those cheekbones, right? Oh my God, aren't you right? That beautiful, that beautiful jawline, and just the cutest voice you've ever heard. Like, part, pardon my French speedball, but when he comes up and says anything to me, like it is. Can I do my speedball impression? Yeah. Uh, you know, Effie, I have a little bit of a problem um, with the match. I just wanted to point this out to you because when you were biting my nipple. I thought you would bite hard enough to make it bleed, and it's not bleeding. So I think next time, if you're going to do it, I would like you to actually bite through my nipple, and I think it would be more realistic. Damn. Crazy. It's Damn. crazy. Uh, he That's an actual thing he said to me. <laughs> so fucking He was like, I got a little advice, and I was like, oh, good. Like, Speedball's going to... You didn't bite through my fucking nipple. nipple. I wanted blood. You didn't bite through my fucking nipple. That's the craziest thing I've ever heard. I have to assure everyone I'm not going to bite your nipple for real. And this man, you you should have bit through and made my nipple bleed. Congratulations to Speedball. A phenomenal uh, performance in the Battle of the Super Juniors in Japan. But also, Speedball, you silly motherfucker who said, I don't know if I could do the flight to Australia. I said... You go to Japan all the time. This flight is literally like two hours longer. Like, yeah, what, what do we... He's going to Japan. I mean, he's going to Australia in October. I think that's phenomenal. Uh, I just got a, I just got hit up about a booking in a country that I never thought I'd go to. And it's not the one I was talking about with yeah, Manders. Say. Manders came to me with... He was like, should I do it? And I was like, Manders... I can't tell anybody what he was talking about. But it is for Manders, my loving, sweet Southern boy... My Iowa corn corn boy cowboy love sweet SGC to say, should I go do this? We were all like, bro, you have to. Like, there's no better footage than you going to do this. From a weirder country, me and Allie were asked to do a show, which I think we're going to be doing at the end of September that I think is going to be insanity. Uh, I can't get into it yet. I don't want to give it away. I'll tell you in a minute off air. But if it works out, it will be it'll be one of the coolest things I've ever done. Um <laughs> it's the the pyramids in antarctica right oh yeah you know they i read online that uh a lot of the scientists that they get for antarctica they give them very specific psychology tests to make sure they're not too inquisitive not that they're not smart but that they're just not interested in asking too many questions like if you look like you're and i don't know where that that's a very thin venn diagram of uh-huh. a scientist who's not very inquisitive like they just kind of have to be like my uncle for instance he's like i'm a brain surgeon i have very specialized knowledge but I'm kind of an idiot. And I think you have to find the scientist who's like, no, I'm really, really good at ice at figuring out ice, but I'm not asking a lot of questions. And that's the only people in Antarctica. I think that's phenomenal. Uh, Go watch Kurt Russell in the thing. That was Antarctica, wasn't Mm -hmm. it? I'm not making that up. Uh, Desolation, evil spirits and the pyramids. Yeah. They're down there back when Pangea, I don't know if you remember, you remember Pangea? Oh yeah. Like it was yesterday. Been, Been a little bit of a drift since then. Are you ready for a uh, Fast 12 Continental Drift where Ice Age teams up with the Toretto family? <laughs> it's Ray Romano as a mammoth going, I don't think I can go as fast as you, Dom. And he's like, you can go as fast as you believe because you're a woolly mammoth and you could do anything. And what's the, what's the little rat scrapple or whatever? What's that thing called? Scramble? Scrubbles? <laughs> that little fucker? I never saw Ice Age. Him and John Cena fall in love. And they both share the same nut. I don't know. We're getting weird. After Hood Slam, I was very exhausted. We stayed at this hotel called... <laughs> they did not like when I made this joke. It's a boutique hotel right behind where Circus Circus is called the Ahern Hotel. But I walked in and I go, is this the Herm Hotel? 
Uh-huh. Uh-huh. They didn't like that. The rooms were beautiful. I was there for, ready for it, two hours. Uh, barely even closed my eyes. Got back to the beautiful McCarran Airport. Dropped off the rental car and flew back home. And then began the process of moving all my shit. Now, this weekend in Las Vegas was full of a lot of other stuff. Like I saw Joey Janela work a lot of crazy matches. Uh, the footage of, and I'm used to it because I've been to Nerd Bar, I've wrestled shows at, you know, around there. But the footage of Vikingo doing crazy moves off the top rope with the Denny's lights of the Fremont Street in the background. All I could think of, and I think a lot of people tweeted it, was the, the, the punk band or hardcore band playing the show in the Denny's where they say, what the, the fuck, fuck is, is up, Denny's? Denny's? Yeah. And everybody was tweeting, what the fuck is up, Denny's? It was very cool. Joey Janela wrestled like a ton of matches. He did his Florida man meet and greet. Uh, what a weird fucking concept. But Jordan Oliver did seven matches over the course of the week while Damn. he was there. And I kind of had to, I hope he listened to me when I spoke to him because I want Jordan Oliver to be around for a long time in wrestling. The kid is not even 24 yet. Once again, can't rent a car. Uh, but it's also someone I look up to because they have completely changed the way they look at wrestling. They've taken it extremely seriously. But I do not want his body corroding before he makes the money he's supposed to make. Because that boy will be making big money soon. Now, I often forget that we do shows in Vegas or, or in Chicago or other places sometimes. And genuinely I forget because there's other big pay-per-views in town. Like obviously I remember WrestleMania. Okay. We're going to do a brunch, but it was AEW double or nothing weekend. And I didn't remember until I drove past the casino that was hosting them. And I was like, Oh my God, wait, is that? Oh, I was like, are they doing it? And he's like, dude, it's, it's literally, that's why we're here running shows. But it was a packed house at the Silver Nugget. You know, there's the Golden Nugget, which they tore down, and the Silver Nugget, which is, they should tear down. Uh, sorry, I love it, but it's not great. And then there's the, you know where the Bronze Nugget is? It's up your ass. So that's that was a joke that we made. Now, I got home. I did a, a fair amount of moving all weekend. And that sort of brings us to where we are now. Now, I want to share with you sort of Pride Month is going to be very busy. Um, I hope that you come out and say, hey, uh, I'm going to say this politely. It is my birthday month. Okay. It is Pride Month. I need y'all to give me $20. Okay. And a lot of y'all, you've paid your tithe. Okay. I'm not requiring 10%. I'm not like a church. But 9% would be, I think, is reasonable. <laughs> <laughs> I think okay. I think you need to do it. Where I can't think of the specific because there's some cultural traditions where you have to literally have money on your body. Mm -hmm. I think that's how you do it for the whole month. I yeah. If you see me, you have full consent to come up and put money in my little panties. Okay. I was fine. That wasn't I'm gonna, quite what I was listen, thinking. But I'm, what was he, What were you thinking? I'm like literally stapled to your body. All right. Well, have you ever been stapled? Yes. It sucks. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah. Where look, were you stapled? Look, you're a kid. You know, you pull a stapler out. I will say this. I'll take staples over a lot of other things. Did you do the thing where you would stick the needle in like the first layer of skin? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. This, well, a stapler isn't that much far past that. No, and I, I bleed good on staples. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Uh, you know, the more and more I think back on that scene in The Wrestler where he doesn't want to deal with that dumb bitch at the counter, so he sticks his thumb on the on the blade. I didn't understand that scene when I first saw it. And then I saw it as a wrestler, 
and I said, oh, I'm there. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I would gig right now to get out of anything. And I'm not going to watch that movie again intentionally. We can watch it together if you want. But I've never seen it. You've never seen I've never seen The Wrestler. It's the only Aronofsky I haven't seen. <laughs> Hold up, Peter. Wait. You've never... I've never seen The Wrestler. All right, so we're going to be watching The Wrestler. I, I, look, it came out, and I was like, eh, probably not for me. I won't watch it. Has that Bruce Springsteen song? Oh, my God. We're watching The Wrestler as soon as fucking physically possible. <sighs> I'm sorry. I couldn't, I couldn't this hold just, it, I, I couldn't I hold it you guys in for get, much longer. I'm not playing games right now, but this is... And I just want to say, for all our straight friends out there, Marissa Tomei is nude in this movie. And it reminded me that it's okay to remain pansexual, that being loudly gay is necessary in this political timeline, but God, she is beautiful. Best, she plays uh, Aunt May in yeah, the Spider Man. Yeah, yeah. yeah, hottest Aunt May. Okay, we have to watch The Wrestler. Fuck. Really? Mm-hmm. <sighs> I've seen The Fountain like 10 times. That should count for something. No, it doesn't count for anything if you haven't seen The Wrestler. If you're going to watch him go dick around with Hugh Jackman and all the beauty and all the gimmicks and all the everything, this is the real, raw, true version. Ernest the Cat Miller is in it, and he plays the heel. Like, it's incredible. It's it's broken. There are some character decisions. Look, I'm that, sorry. Ugh. Sports movies. It's, I, it's not a sports movie. It's a movie about failing yourself by trying to prove yourself, goddammit, Okay. It's a movie about how this is the drug and you embrace the fact that sometimes everything else falls apart and you just got to commit all the way, man. Okay, I will watch The Wrestler for these. We will watch. We will watch. If I watch Atlanta. Yeah. God, fuck. Why am I putting it off? I don't even know why I'm putting it off. And it's because because I'm being told to do it. I've been told all my life, like... I I really have trouble with authority. Oh, who could guess that one? I don't like being told what to do, but I'm... I'm willing. And now you've got me trapped. So <laughs> cuff me up. We're watching Atlanta. We are going to watch The Wrestler, though. I'm putting you through it. And also the real fun part of, of watching The Wrestler, I watched it before I was a wrestler. And then I watched it as a wrestler. And then you start going, oh, my God, I know all these people. And I know all these scenes. And I've been in these scenarios. And I think that you having that window into my world and being yeah. a part of it, I think you're going to grip it more now like i think you've waited until the right time to see okay, the wrestler perfect and i think that it will Ernest the cat miller dude come on did you know mickey Rourke was supposed to fight at a wrestlemania and even like went through all the training and did everything and then it all kind of got fucked he was gonna fight chris jericho he was having some issues on that movie from what i've heard about it yeah because well you'll um do you I know can't about, even oh. do you know about the thing with the him and marissa tomei was she pissed about him they, so she didn't, didn't even want to be around fucking him hated each other yeah i, I can feel so that because they weren't really whenever they would have to react basically when they would you know get a reaction shot where they're supposed to be you know into the other person or whatever i don't know the plot of the movie so this is just off of what i they have heard. a rough relationship um, i'll put it that way uh and she's a no-nonsense lady aronofsky found the production assistant that marissa tomei was into and used them as rourke stand-in and then did the exact same thing for him but was obviously a little bit more guarded about that production assistant. Yeah, that sounds sounds about right. I got to go. There's uh, the building in Asbury Park where ECW is on pay-per-views at, and I think that 
GCW as well in its way to being able to run there. But the scene where he's like talking to his dog, uh, we're going to get into it. It's, I stood there and took a picture and I felt like it was, I, I had really, we have to watch this movie, Peter. This is, I didn't realize we were going on this kind of detour, but this is, we have to watch this movie. What do we, <laughs> okay. I moved a lot of furniture. Oh, Todd I, Berry's in it? Yes. I fucking briefly. love Todd Berry. Briefly. It's not. Todd Berry's not. It's not a Todd Berry. It's not a Todd Berry carried film. Okay, like there's a lot going on. It's mostly Mickey Rourke. It is. It is Aronofsky's masterpiece. Okay. All right. This week has worn me out. I'm exhausted. I was in Vegas for less than 24 hours, and I'm exhausted. But I did get a layer of sun. I have uh, gotten my physical fitness in. Like I said, I did 10 push-ups. Okay, been back in the sauna steaming heavily. And it is going to be a hot, sweaty Effie this summer, but that is the best version of Effie. And I feel like I've gotten my oomph back, my energy back, my truth back. And I have to find a way through the winter to not forget who I am in the summer because this version, maybe it's just so powerful in the summer that I have to scale it back a little bit to stay alive, but I'm not going to scale anything back anymore. Okay, and thank you to everybody on the Patreon. WeekendedEffies.com if you want to sign up or Patreon.com slash WeekendedEffies. We'll have a lot more stuff coming. I put out a weird video last week. One thing I'm going to do that I've realized, I'm going to be interviewing more wrestlers on the road, but not the way you think. It's not going to be like me asking like, what did you think about HBK Undertaker? It's going to be very uh, pointed questions, direct questions, things like, what was the most painful thing you felt this weekend? Uh, And I think that's always an interesting way to get into it with people. And uh, I hope that we can... Expand the vlogging, expand the Patreon. I think we got a lot coming, and it's going to be a lot easier for us to get things done because you're down the hall now. Yeah. What a weird old place we're in. I know. This is going to be... I thought there were ghost voices in there, and then I realized we've got to get those weather strips because the way the house is set up, we can hear the neighbors. Yeah. Uh, But I also think we are going to hear some very strange things. Probably. It'll be good, though. Oh, I'm I'm very... I've never had any problem with the spirits, and we do need to pick a little sage up. Yeah, yeah. We'll get it done. Yeah. I, tr- I trust your vision. Uh, do we have questions this week? We do have questions. Phenomenal. Please oh. watch The Life of Effie. Oh. I know I brought it up earlier. <laughs> okay, well, first off, we have something we need to do before we get into questions. We've got a package from the mail. I'm sweaty right now, Peter, and I love it. I, I can't imagine I smell great right now, but I've also put on deodorant twice today, but I've just been... Same on both fronts. Okay, yeah. I've just been soaked in my own sweat yeah. for... The whole day, sun up to sundown. Okay. Well, what reminded me that the fact that we had this is our first question is coming from Ryan, who recently went to Japan and brought us some goodies. Holy shit, for real? All right, this is. Okay. Oh, wow. This is great. Well packaged too. Thank so, you. So Ryan got me <gasps> Japanese copies of two books from my favorite uh, manga author. Whoa. Um, I, also, I also want to point out that if you want to read the Yaoi uh, Wolf Twink fucking yeah. uh, manga, it's at the house. Look at this wrapping paper, which is Lucifer. beautiful Lucy. fabric. Lucy, come here. I know why you want that. Oh, my that. God. I know why, I you, know why you want that, too. Lucy is real about what I just opened, but I'm real about... Oh, my gosh. This is the Tanugi 
tenugui, tenugui, which is a Japanese hand-dyed cloth. And this is of wrestlers on this beautiful Japanese hand-dyed cloth that oh I think goodness. we will put some pictures up with. And I want to read the book about this, but let's get into the manga. What mangas yes. did you get? Okay, so do you know about Yuzumaki, the spiral book? No. It's this guy's most famous work. It's, he basically writes these, like, it's like Lovecraftian cosmic horror kind of. Ooh, fun. Um, and he wrote this one that is about a town that gets infested with the concept of spirals to where the, like, the people in the town literally start twisting their bodies to fit the shape of a spiral. Okay. Is this similar to the guy where he wrote about the hole in the mountain? Or is this very different? Where they're hole like, in the mountain. Where they're like, this hole is shaped like me. It's my hole. And then they go in the hole, and then the hole through the mountain transforms them into these creatures over time that they come out the other end the wrong way, and that it was a trick. oddly familiar. I'd Definitely like to, the same I'd like to see if there's sort of a, a um, connection there. But here, you can get... I'll just let you vibe out on oh, this. Yes, I want to be cautious with this beauty. Thank you for thinking of us over yeah, in thank Japan. Thank you so much, this Ryan. Is, this is incredible. It makes me feel like a real superstar when we get cool stuff. And now in Japan, you read these books from, uh, I, I don't want to say back to front, but it's a, yeah, uh, you're turning the pages different than the English would. Yes. This art is insane. I know. And you know what's the best part? You got to figure out what the fuck's going on because, know. you know, I can't read Japanese. Um, I spent the whole weekend last weekend trying to communicate with Rina Yamashita and calling the match with her and figuring everything out. You know, we she speaks great Japanese. I don't speak Japanese. She speaks very little English. I speak a lot of fucking English. Then I realized we can just text each other and she translates it and we should have just done that the whole time. But she helped me translate something for uh, Priors, Alex, who does all my design work that... She gave me two versions. She goes, this is the nice version. This is the sarcastic version. And I was like, you get me, baby. I you, love that. You get me. I love Wish that. Wish her luck this weekend in the TOS because she is phenomenal and crazy when it comes to Deathmatch. Oh, my God. This is horrific. Yeah. It's all really you, fucked you, up. you good, Peter? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. It's really This intense. is catching me off even more. I would like to. I enjoy the darkness. Now, I will say there's an app where you can scan pages and see Ooh, the translation, okay. which saved me in Japan because we'd just be going around yeah. scanning all this stuff. What does this mean? Now, most of the stuff in Tokyo, you get the English next to it, but there's a lot of times you're in a store and you go, what am I looking at? I don't want to mess this up further with my greasy my, little bone My hands. favorite thing that he did recently is he, so he's a very normal looking guy. Like you would not think that this is the kind of stuff that he illustrates yeah. and writes about. And um, he put out a book that's about him living with his wife and their two cats. Oh. And it's just cute stories about them and their cats. Oh, but so it's, it's not like... No, oh, no, no. It's, it's done in this style. Ah, so so he whole, just sees the world that way. He just sees the world that way. So the whole you read the whole thing and you go, this is about cats, but this is really unsettling. I, I'm glad there are people out there who can give us that view, but I hope you're okay. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. This is the, maybe that's getting it out of his system yeah. in a way that he can now. It's the it's the reason. It's high school. Peter loved H.P. Lovecraft and just all the darkness and everything, and just the stories that have no happy ending. It's the reason I love Bo is Afraid. Like it's the same shit. We, ugh. if I like, I'm at the point where like I'm gonna start flexing my clout to just like so we can go have lunch and just be like, listen, pal. You gotta, we gotta, 
we got to talk about this because the colorscape stuff is fucking me up. Yeah. I don't want to spoil any. I mean, like we can, we might Patreon get into this, but it's, it's Um, fucking me up, Peter. There were the, the, the guy behind the, yeah, no, it's the Patreon, Patreon, Patreon. Patreon. I do want to talk about this. uh, Tenugwe. T-E-N-U-G-U-I. Here's what they uh, say you can do with this cloth. You can put it under a plate, which is normal. You can wrap a bottle as a gift. You can wrap other gifts for a picnic. Uh, You can wrap fruit. But then the last one is you can tie it and you can be a ninja, which I think I'm going to (laughs) try. This beautiful fabric has the different colors of men grappling all over it, hand dyed with these beautiful, and it looks like, uh, I'm going to say it's Kobashi and Kawada fighting. Uh, who are phenomenal. Kabashi coming to the United States, I believe only announced right now for West Coast Pro, but I hope, you know, expands out a little bit. One of the most legendary Japanese wrestlers of all time. And uh, unlike the great Muda, he doesn't call people gay slurs. So <laughs> take of that what you will. Now, I also got here, looks like two forms of squid. This one looks extremely spicy dried squid. And this is the largest fucking bag of dried squid now, what I've learned is the Korean dried squid is much sweeter than the Japanese fried squid. Oh. So I have very much enjoyed getting this back in my life. I got some squid from people the other day that it is so hot that I started doing it just to feel something when I was like, I can't smoke weed. And I would just eat the just the hottest. But it was a little too sweet. So this is, I think we're about to tear into some magic. And let me tell you, I need protein right now, baby. This has a lot of protein in it. Squid. Okay, so this is our question from Ryan. If interspecies reincarnation turns out to be real, what will each of the dogs be in their next lives? What were they in their most recent previous life? Okay, so Bebop kind of gives the aura of being a badger. A badger. And I think rat terriers are susceptible to the digging and eating and doing things like that. So I'm kind of like, it seems like an obvious choice. But I've got to tell you, Cranberry was a dolphin. You can just feel it in her energy and the way she tucks her ears back and the way she wiggles all the time. That girl has not stopped. People are like, is she okay? And I was like, she's been wiggling for eight years. Just let the girl wiggle. She's going to wiggle. I just feel like she's gracefully aquatic, a little bit cautious, but I feel like it's something where she was a dolphin in her previous life. What about Lucy? I think Lucy was a human before and didn't I feel that energy. Yeah. (laughs) I'm glad she's here with us now as her current form, but, uh, you know, she may have also not even been a human and been something more uh, of a spiritual force from the darkness, but I'm into it. She's now, always been a coddling love to me. What I have heard is that when dogs leave us, they become butterflies before they go off to the next place. I think that's beautiful. Yeah. Butterflies have landed on uh, Cranberry before, but Bebop eats any bug that flies near him. And not eats, but kills. Like, he's a hunter. Yeah. And that's the rat terrier way is they'll kill, but they don't eat it. Like, they'll kill rats and just leave them and bring them to you. Same with the bees. He will just snatch the bees, snatch the whatever's in the air. He snatches it, and then he looks at it. He goes. So we might just let him loose in the gardens a little bit. We'll see. They've got a beautiful dog next door, too. That's like a little old-style hunting hound with the floppy ears. Very cute. Very sweet. He had it on a leash even in his yard, which I thought was so responsible. Yeah. But there's so many little dogs around the neighborhood. I think we're going to have fun. Yeah. Do we have Uh, any more questions? Yes, we do. This next one's from Heather. Since Midtown just put out an EP, can you please tell the Gabe Supporta story? 
how did how does Heather know the Gabe supportive story? You've talked about. That's did I why, ever go into it though? I don't know if you went into it. Okay, so all right. Back in the day, me and Priors, who does all my wrestling, his gay uh-huh. art, just did a bunch of Danhausen art, does a bunch of AEW art, does his own stuff at. And I want to plug this because I fucked it up last time. If you type in the website, okay, yeah, okay, y e a h dot cool, okay, yeah, cool. Which is what he says all the time when I give him dumb ideas. I'm like, listen, what if you, what if it was this with that? And then he comes back with something coherent, but he always just says, okay, yeah, cool. And that is his website, okay, yeah, dot cool. Uh, we used to, when we were working in college radio uh, at WUSC, uh, we would hit up bands or hit up bands that were lower on the card on a bigger tour and get press passes and media passes. We would interview a band. We would play those interviews but we would also get like photo passes and get into the shows for free i was just telling you on the way over here that in 2010 i interviewed a band called chester french in the lenox square mall so that we could get free tickets to the 2010 lady gaga tour which was the first tour she went on uh before just dance where it was at center stage where i've now wrestled multiple times and you know me and lady gaga just working the same venue same with harpo's in detroit i was like yeah slipknot Guns and Roses, Bussy. We've all played Harpos. It's very cool to me, though, to get to see that. Now, we did the same thing. This was in Charlotte, North Carolina. We went to the show. Cobra Starship was headlining, uh, which Gabe Saporta is in that band after he was in Midtown. Midtown was good. Uh, Cobra Starship was crazier. Okay. Yeah. And I think during that time in his life, he was. Midtown did not have a song featured on the Snakes and. Snakes on a Plane soundtrack. I think they were formed because of the movie Snakes on a Plane, which if you go back and watch it, pretty fun movie, and Keenan actually saves the day. I saw it with my dad. Shout out Keenan Thompson. How'd your dad feel about Snakes nope. on a Plane? Not into Snakes on a Plane? Nope. Didn't like motherfucking Snakes on a motherfucking nope. Plane? Samuel L. Jackson, a hero. Mace Windu, uh, one of the best Jedis of all time. Here's the story. We're in the photo pit. I'm taking pictures, kind of. I don't really... I'm just in the photo pit. I don't care. It's like up in front of a barricade. The man's going crazy on stage. Sorry, Gabe. I'm going to tell him. A bag of ecstasy pills falls out onto me right there in the photo pit. And I pick him up. And as I'm looking at him, he snatches him right back out of my hand, puts him in his hoodie, and keeps doing the song. And I was like, wait a second. And I looked at him, and he looked at me. And then we never made anything of it, and we moved on from it. Uh, I guest listed myself to cover Starship Show's a few times, it was funny, um, and I now have, you know, I've had my experiences with ecstasy. What a time. It's not for everyone. It's not for all the time. Uh, now I'm on probation. I'm definitely not going to be doing any ecstasy, but no judgment to you, but it was pretty funny that your bag of beautiful pressed ecstasy pills fell right on me while I was in college. So shout out Midtown. Good on you. Uh Correct me if it wasn't ecstasy, but I hope it was, because if it wasn't, it's probably nothing good. I saw Cobra Starship at a corporate Home Depot event in Cancun, and Flowrider opened. Are you talking about WrestleMania superstar uh, provider of the soundtrack, Flowrider? I've seen Flowrider in concert at WrestleMania. Holy shit. No, I didn't know he was affiliated. Oh, he's had multiple WrestleMania theme songs where he performs at WrestleMania. This was at WrestleMania in Orlando the last time where Undertaker and Roman Reigns just had one of the worst matches I've ever seen. 
to the point where Undertaker left his boots there, but then came back for a Saudi Arabia match with Bill Goldberg, because why wouldn't you? There's good money there. Uh, but yes, at one point, Flo Rida performed, and everyone went to pee and or get beer. So, all right. Okay, this is from Julie. Cancun for the Home Depot corporate yeah. event. Yep. How'd you end up there? I used to do, I used to be on a crew that did Home Depot shit. That is awesome. Yeah. I thought you were gonna be like, I worked at Home Depot and I won the award. No, I, 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 I worked for a guy who got, a, you know what? It doesn't matter. Basically, I was the only one who could put up with this one dude, and that's how I ended up in Cancun, like ten years after working a commercial with him. Yeah, it was fuck yeah. Yeah. Did you ever watch the Anarchapoco documentary on HBO Max? No. It's fucking crazy. Okay. You might have to go watch that. What is this? It's about the drama of the. Uh, anarchist community hosting their yearly get together uh in acapulco and then it leads to murder that sounds awesome it was very cool what's it called they're all just kind of dumbasses it's i think it's called anarchapoco i I found it i found it is that what it's called did i get it right uh it's just called anarchists okay well the event is called anarchapoco that they host in acapulco mexico because Mexico wasn't really worried about anarchists coming in because it's mostly white nerds and they get into too much trouble. Turns out when you don't have any government to step in and help you, uh, anyone can come fuck you up. Yeah. And if you brag about how you don't believe in anybody having laws, they're going to come fuck you up. Okay, this is from Julie. Julie. Pride Month check-in. What was your favorite win for the queer community so far in 2023? In 2023... It has been a tough year for the queer community in 2023, and it feels like bigots are getting louder about things. Um, But I just want to say, I'm very anti-artificial intelligence, but if we can get more fake videos of things like the Satan and Target that uh, just dumbasses are thinking is real and quoting Bible verses out, including wrestlers who I just like... You're like, oh, I knew you were stupid, but now you're really fucking stupid out loud. And then double down on it even after we point out that it's a fake video. This isn't a win for the queer community. But I do think in times like this, in times of difficulty, there is a renewed sense of not let's be excited, look how far we've come. But now fuck you, bro. If you fuck with us, we're going back to what pride is, which is a fucking riot. And I don't want people's lives to be at stake. I don't want people to feel threatened, but I want to go do a little threatening. And I hope that we remember this year that pride isn't about Colgate putting out rainbow toothpaste. It's not about Target selling a rainbow shirt. It's not about, you know, companies once a year deciding to do something and then give to the Republican campaign. It's about uh, fighting for our rights with bricks and with wild style action and not listening to anyone or putting up with anybody's shit. Obviously, tensions are a little high in the country right now, but uh, I have seen more instances of people standing up for those who I don't think a few years ago would have been stood up for. I'm not even talking about me. I'm talking about other people. And it does seem like we are uh, more vigilant in this time. I know this isn't like a direct win for the queer community, but it does feel like there is a little more there's a reason I'm getting fucking jacked, Peter. And let me tell you this. Let me tell you like the macho man. I'm putting out a shirt Thursday that's macho man, but it says macho men. And the sunglasses are down looking at the hot, the hot guys, okay? Because fuck them, we're ripping them off, okay? Let me tell you what happens when you mess with my queer community friends, okay? What happens is I get strong enough that when I hear what you said, I don't think of something quirky and quippy to come back to. No, 
I just break your fucking neck, all right? You remember, uh, you ever heard of the Pink Panther Party, Peter? Yeah, yeah, we talked about it last week. Yeah. Trying to find a way for us to get something where it's not like a merchandise item, but it's something we can give out to the people who care. You know, me and Pero have our difficulties, but I promise you, uh, if you ever ran into trouble, Pero would be one of the people who would step in and beat the shit out of anyone who is giving you shit for your... He doesn't hate me because I'm gay. He hates me because I'm Effie. So, you know, it's like, <laughs> he's a homo, I'm a homo. We love it. We love the same things. But also, we can have tension. And also, look out for our people. Uh, I'm going to get as strong as possible. I'm going to be ready for anything. I just bought a shirt that says, Guns are for cowards. So, I'm really just pushing buttons. It's bright pink. I think it's going to be adorable. Um, I want people to understand consequence. And I want them to second guess speaking out loud. You have freedom of speech. You do not have freedom of consequence. And I want to be strong enough that if I need to, if my people are getting messed with for who they are, that I can snap your neck in self-defense. Ooh, this sounds violent. Sounds crazy. Don't go to their level. Nah, there's no levels anymore, motherfucker. Come at me. Say what you're going to say again. Say what you're going to say again. This is queer victory. We're having queer victories, Peter. I feel queer victories ahead in our life. Yes, indeed. God bless. Okay. This is from Boris. Favorite song for the summer? I'm going to breathe this one in for a second because I want to be sure. It's Diplomat Song by Vampire Weekend. It has a cool laid back island vibe. It's about fucking a a young man whose life and uh, uh, parents and pressures won't let it go past just a little vacation fool around. After you get stoned, it's beautiful. I think it's Rossum Batmanglige's best production work on the whole album, even though the album's perfect. And I constantly find myself going back to that, cruising back, and especially right now in the Buick Lucerne, uh, rolling the windows down, nighttime, you hear the crickets, and that... He was a diplomat son. Oh, yeah, that's the song. What about you, Peter? God, I'm trying to think. You don't have to think. It can be a mini. It can be many choices. Um, just because I've been listening to so much of her lately, um, probably fantasy Mariah Carey. Oh my God. I wonder why you've been listening to so much of that lately. Oh, I just want to say I'm not impressed with the karma remix featuring ice spice, but I am impressed with me and AJ have just been doing impressions of it where he'll be like, come as a cat. And then I go for because it's just like the laziest Ice Spice verse I've ever heard. And I watched the live version and she's she like T-Swift is like really giving it. And then all of a sudden Ice Spice will just be like, Pharrell, yeah, karma is, you know. And I love that vibe. It's a very summer vibe of like, yeah. I'm only giving 10%. Okay, Pharrell. Say it again, T-Swift. Pharrell. I love, like, I'm obsessed with it. Not to cut off your fantasy Mariah Carey, but it's uh, a different... No, I love the discourse right now that is uh, Taylor Swift is the new Grateful Dead. <laughs> Run me through this. This is... Just the... They're trying... There's... Everyone's pushing narratives these days. Yeah. And there's someone who is trying to push the fact that uh, Swifties are the new Grateful Dead. Um <laughs> style fans and it's been very interesting to see uh grateful dead people hop in that and you know you know there's something i would do at a grateful dead concert that i just don't think i could do at a taylor swift concert and stay the whole time you know what i mean yeah, yeah, yeah. i don't think they're doing uh whippets in the parking lot of uh <laughs> taylor swift concerts 
Can you just imagine you roll up and there's a guy in a van and he's just got a beer and he's like, you guys need a hit before you go in? I heard she's playing, I heard she's playing a bunch of extra 1989 songs tonight. Listen, we went last night in Denver. She did a two night run and I swear to God, when she said, I don't know about you, but I'm feeling 22, like something fucking transported me in the magic of the night and I could like feel that that version of me was still there even though i'm like 60 now you know what i mean like she fucking gets it we even made eye contact on the screen and i knew she could tell i was like i don't know that one solo she did was she was just like it's like sits with you man my other favorite taylor swift related thing is there's a video going around of a bunch of exceptionally gay men singing along at a concert and then the comments are all girls going i wish this was my husband and you go oh honey i don't, I don't know if that's gonna work out okay we have one more question for real very serious also um i'm not gonna dox your name but peter who asked this question did you happen to also grow up in Nairobi, Kenya? And did we play as kids together? Because you have the exact name as one of my best friends growing up. Whoa! Are we connecting lives? Through, I don't know. Through magic? Maybe. Um, alien or predator? Okay. This is a very easy answer for me. I love all the alien films. I think they're great. But I wear the same alien armor as the predator. I wear the magic of budgeting in the 80s. When you already paid for Jesse Ventura and Carl Weathers and Arnold Schwarzenegger, and you have to get uh, a little bit of a reprieve in the alien costume, and so you just put some fishnets on them. When weird homophobic people try to say things about me wearing fishnets, I say, these aren't fishnets. This is alien armor. And then I pull up a picture of the Predator from the films, because the first films, they're just wearing fucking fishnet panties. Now, do I think the alien films are better cinema? Possibly. But but but, Alien does not have a montage at the end that is all of the actors cracking up as their title card as the the credits come up. Yeah, exactly. With the look and the point mm-hmm. and the pose. Also, I think Carl Weathers' um, arc on Arrested Development is one of the greatest things ever put on film. We might have to rewatch some Arrested Development. I feel like it was so stagmented in the way that I watched it that it's. I've seen the first three seasons probably more than I've seen any other piece of media. All right, well, let's do this. Let's only watch the scenes with Carl like, Weathers or Liza Minnelli. Like, Charlie's Theron yes. played a handicapped person? This is... There's a lot of stuff on the show that I just don't know anymore. I Here's what I want to say. Like, for me, uh, Jason Bateman is kind of in the same... He's the opposite John Cena, yeah. which is like... I want to watch all of your work. You can see him. But I never want to hang out with you in real life. You didn't pick up on my John Cena. I, know, I heard your John Cena. But like John Cena, like I bet if we hung out, it'd be great. I'm like I don't ever need to see another John Cena match. I don't need to be motivated by John Cena and to believe in whatever he's believing. But like if it's like behind the scenes and he wants to come chill, like smoke an American spirit and talk shit about, you know, whoever, that sounds cool. But I don't think I could ever like hang out with Jason Bateman because I think he would just I think you reach a point in Hollywood where you're just like you're very funny and you're professionally very good at this and structured but also I watched Ozark and I think you're probably a dick yeah I only watched the first part of the first season of Ozark yeah I, mean, I was like, just like I don't know he's rubbing me the wrong way he's I don't, what was the question uh alien versus predator <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah I like the films alien versus predator 
the first one better than the second one. But I also think for as many people that hated uh, the, what were the later ones with Danny McBride? Like, oh, the Alien, the like Covenant and Prometheus? Yeah. So I think like Alien is a perfect film. I Aliens think, is a perfect film. Yes. Alien 3 is fucking hilarious. Um, what was the, the one after it? Alien Requiem? The assembly cut on 3 is a David Fincher movie and it's totally I've never worth seen your time. it. I've never it's seen totally that one. I've never seen the like, theatrical. Um, uh, what was the one that was. Uh, Resurrection. Okay. That one rules, honestly. Uh, the Ron Perlman, the one where she. Yes. Where the only thing I remember in that movie is Sigourney Weaver made an actual behind. The back. Yeah. It's uh, very good. But I think Prometheus part. and what was the other one called? Uh, Alien Covenant. Oh, uh, yeah. I was going to call it Alien Marriage, but that was not. I think there's a lot of really interesting, more heady philo- philosophical questions being asked. But also, sometimes I just want to watch the Predator go nuts on people. And there's something so satisfying about like, they always pick the best human behaviors before somebody gets killed. Like sometimes it's people you care about, but then like even in the new one, it was like when those French dudes get killed in the woods, you're just like, fuck yeah, predator kill everybody. I don't know. I think they serve two different functions, but when they came together, I think aliens suffered by being with predator, but predator was even cooler by fighting alien. That makes sense. I really wish they would have done because they're not going to do a third of that second. Well, we actually are announcing here today. Alien versus Predator versus Effie. We are going down this winter to film in Antarctica. And we have gotten the original Predator and the original Xenomorph to go on board. Now, they, you know their relationship. They are not even off stage, not great together. But they have said that working with Effie in this capacity and with you directing, uh, they are willing to come on board for the third film. So, first, it's, I mean, this is a, this is an exclusive. Uh, we have secured funding. Do you know how we secured the funding? No. I just ran into uh, I ran into a Hollywood studio and I just started screaming, "I'll fucking do it! I'll call the alien and the predator here!" And they were like, "Just go to Antarctica. It's fine." This isn't real. This is a bit. <laughs> it's a bit. Okay. I don't. I don't have their cell phone numbers. And besides, Alien Xenomorph is still an Android user, and I'm just not. I'm not even going to do it. Well, Android is the only phone that has acid resistance, so you know that is kind of a <laughs> It's a galactic phone. 